Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from King of Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. The first letter of John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now we know the theme of these next few months is that we should become more and more like Jesus. The only way in which that, of course, is demonstrated is that we walk more as he did. Whatever he does in us, as far as reproducing his character in us, will immediately affect the way we walk. Now, God has been speaking to us in these last weeks about himself as the vine and us as the branches. John says here, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now, we know that we were placed in Christ by God himself. That you are a branch of the vine because that is where God has placed you. And you know that the purpose of every branch is to bear fruit. And that Jesus says we can only bear fruit, the branches can only bear fruit, if they continue to remain in the vine. And we've seen that to live continuously in the vine, in Christ, is to rest in him, the rest of faith that enables us to do that, And the Holy Spirit then will flow through our lives to produce the fruit. Now, we have two thoughts in this verse 6 of the passage we've just read. Resting in him, abiding in him. Now, I'm signifying that by sitting down. I'm resting now. And the paradox is, the more I rest in him, the more I will walk like him. That if I try in my own strength to walk like him, just to follow the example that he gives in the Gospels, 
I shall fail miserably. And this is the importance of what John is saying in these verses. That the only way to walk is to rest. The only way to walk like Jesus is to abide in Jesus. Now, Jesus made it quite clear as to what it was going to mean to be one of his followers. Someone like him, because you know a disciple wants to be like his master. Jesus said it's enough for the servant to be like his master. He doesn't want to just know his teaching and be a follower of his teaching. He wants to become like the teacher. And therefore, for us to walk as our teacher walked. And in Matthew 10, 38, we read that Jesus says this. Anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, we can only follow Jesus because we are walking as he did, the servants seeking to be like the master. We will never accomplish that by looking at ourselves, by thinking that examining ourselves is going to enable that walk. Consider that you're a branch of the vine. Have you ever seen a branch prune itself? Can a branch cleanse itself? That is the role of the Father. So to endlessly look at yourself and your failings and your weaknesses and believe that that is the way to follow Jesus is total deception. I told you before that the scripture tells us not to examine ourselves except to see whether we are walking in the faith or not. If we're going to walk as Jesus did, we're going to have to understand how he walked. And I'm endlessly reminding you of that. The first thing that Jesus knew is that he could not do anything himself. So we believe that we cannot do anything apart from Jesus because that's what he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, if apart from him we can do nothing, why do we focus on the soul life and think that we're going to be like Jesus if we endlessly, endlessly look at ourselves and the failings and the weaknesses of ourselves? That's the branch trying to prune itself. That's the branch trying to cleanse itself. Makes no sense. It's the Father's job. 
And Jesus knew that if he was to walk in the way that God wanted him to while he was here on earth, he would have to keep his eyes on the Father. He was not there to actually glorify himself, but to glorify the Father. He had come to do not his own will, but the will of the Father. He knew, therefore, that his job was to walk as the Father wanted him to walk. Therefore, he lived and walked in total dependence upon the Father. And what he is teaching the disciples is that they are to walk in total dependence upon him. Now, you know that there's nothing that you could do to acquire your salvation. You know that. You know that well. It's totally the work of God. It's totally his gift to you because of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. What Jesus is saying about his walk is exactly the same. There's nothing he could do to enable his walk in loving obedience to the Father. He was totally dependent upon the Father for that walk. And if that was true for, for Jesus, it's also true for us. We are totally dependent upon the Lord, not only for our salvation, but for the way in which we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, the way in which we are living in loving obedience to him. You will never do that by looking at yourself. So what does the scripture say? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. You cannot fix your eyes on Jesus and keep looking at yourself. It's totally impossible. You get spiritually cross-eyed if you try. And that's actually what many Christians are. You can look at yourself and endlessly you will find things that, that you know, need to be refined out of your life and so on. But actually you're doing something that is detrimental to your walk because you're taking your eyes off the one that you are to follow. And you cannot follow Jesus by looking at yourself. Turn to Matthew 16. Right at the beginning of term, all you students made that total offering of your life to God. Now, what were you doing at that point? You are saying everything that you are, everything that you have rightly belongs to the Lord. Okay, leave it with him then. Forget about yourself because Jesus says you've got to lose yourself. Look, look what he says. 20, verse 24 of chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You can't deny yourself by keep looking at yourself. You can't deny yourself by keep analyzing yourself. You see, this is 
Christians, if they do that, this is Christians thinking that they can contribute something towards what God wants to do in their lives. Whereas, in fact, it's the Father who oversees the vine. It's the Father who prunes the branches of the vine. It's the Father alone who will convict the branches of whatever he sees stands in the way of their walk. It doesn't come from self-analysis. It doesn't come from looking at yourself. The conviction that the Holy Spirit brings of any sin or failure comes out of seeing Jesus, of actually meeting with Jesus. And you see, the point is when you meet with Jesus, whatever he reveals that needs to be dealt with is dealt with immediately because he is so much greater than we are. So Jesus goes on to say, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. How can you lose your life and keep worrying about it and keep focusing on it? But whoever loses his life, loses his soul, loses that natural life, for me, will find it. So you see, every time you focus on yourself, you're doing absolutely the opposite to losing your life. You're holding on to your life and you're thinking that if you can refine your life enough, then you will make progress in your spiritual walk with the Lord. And that's just deception. That's not how it works. That's not actually the will of God. You only make advance in walking as Jesus did by abiding in Him. Not in yourself, but in Him, by resting in Him, in who He is, in what He has done. Are we there? So what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He reward each person according to what He has done. But what he has done, what we have done, needs to be obedience to him, that we are resting and abiding in him, which means, as we read in the epistle to the Hebrews, we rest from our own labors. We realize there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to fulfill the purpose of God. It has to be the work of his Spirit in us. It has to be Christ in us, the hope of glory. It has to be the work of the Father who oversees the branches of the vine. Our place is simply to remain in that attitude, like Jesus, of servanthood. See, Jesus said, that he hadn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Turn to John 13. Now, we're all familiar with the way Jesus washed his feet, washed the feet of the disciples at the Last Supper. We're all familiar with this act of servanthood. It was the act of a slave that Jesus humbled himself. He knelt 
before because the disciples would have been reclining at the table. He knelt at their feet and he washed their feet. And we can see in that the humility of Jesus. We can see in that the servanthood of Jesus. But then he says to the disciples in verse 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And of course, there are those who think that means we've got to wash other people's feet. And I've been in the embarrassing situation where at big meetings, you know, people have suddenly said, without my foreknowledge, uh, we're going to wash the apostles' feet. And I've had to have this public washing of my feet before hundreds or thousands of people. Let me tell you, that is not a good scene to be part of. It's not even what Jesus is talking about. He isn't talking about washing each other's feet. He's talking about following the example that he's given us. Following his example of servanthood. Following his example that we can only walk as Jesus did if we walk as servants who love others as he has loved us. What is the example that he's given us? It's the example of how he has loved us. All that he has done for us. The fact that still, although he is in the glory of heaven, he still serves us in the power of an eternal, indestructible life. He is forever the servant because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still serving us. So, so to walk as Jesus did is not just to try to copy the, the personality or even the character of Jesus. It's to do what he would do in our situation. It, it is to walk as the servant of others. That the only way in which Jesus could glorify the Father was actually being the one who served the people to whom the Father had sent him. So you've heard me say that the most important thing that God can do in your life while you're here at Rafi is give you a servant heart. Because everything that God will do in your life, all the fruit that will come in the future years, will come out of how your heart, or to what degree, you have a servant heart. And Jesus makes it quite clear, you see, and when he talks to the disciples at the Last Supper in the context of talking about the vine, that this means that if we love others as he has loved us, then we will lay down our lives for others just as he laid down his life for us. This is the example he's given us. The example that he's given us is not to focus on himself, but to focus on his Father. So he could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. This is his focus all the time. The Father, the Father, the will of the Father, speaking what the Father says, doing what I see the Father do. Everything is the Father. For us, everything is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. I'm doing what Jesus would do. I'm serving as he would serve. I'm laying down my life as he laid down my life because he's given me an example that I should follow in his steps. 
that I should be like him. So that means my focus turns away from myself and onto others. That if my focus is on Jesus, then I will see how Jesus wants me to relate, wants to work through me, wants to love through me to all those that are around me and to whoever else that he sends me, all those that cross my path in one way or another. See, God's not interested in us constantly analyzing ourselves, thinking that we can purify ourselves in that way. What he wants to see us is walking in loving obedience, serving him by serving others, expressing the love that he has poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit in practical ways. Now, the reality is, and this is what John knew well from his experience, the, the reality is the more you meet with Jesus, the more Jesus will actually work through you. The more you abide in him, the more you rest in him, the more you trust in him, the greater your walk, the closer your walk with Jesus, the more that he is able to do through your walk with him. Listen to me carefully, because this word has to be put into practice in these coming days and weeks. It's no use us coming in here and going back over ground that we've covered already. That is not the way you advance. You see, if you walk with Jesus and you fix your eyes on him and you're seeking to do what he wants you to do, there may be all kinds of inadequacy within yourself. You might feel totally overwhelmed sometimes by what God asks you to do, but your feelings are totally totally, absolutely, completely immaterial. What matters is not what you feel, but what you do. Jesus doesn't say that he will reward you for the way you feel, but he will reward you for what you do. And you see, this is the devil's trick to get people to constantly focus on themselves and their feelings and their failures and this, that, and the other. Let me tell you, you keep your eyes on Jesus. If there's any sin that you need to repent of, he will show you what it is and you will repent of it quickly because he has shown it to you, not because you've sought to analyze yourself. You see, looking at yourself and and, and all that kind of stuff, that is not a good work. The good work is what the Holy Spirit does through you. The practical outworking of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God wants to deliver us from from this sense of, of thinking that I of myself can do something to refine my life. I can't. Can't do anything. That even... When I repent, it's in response to the initiative of God, to what he has shown me. Because I tell you, you analyze yourself and you'll only see what you want to see, what you're prepared to see. But when you meet with God, he'll show you what you didn't even know was there.
That's how the real refining happens. The Father cleanses the branches. The branches don't cleanse themselves, nor do they cleanse each other. I can't cleanse you. And that's why, you see, nobody can lead you to encounter the Lord. This is where you, day by day as we come together here, this is where you need to keep your focus on the Lord and just meet with him. Not look to anybody up here. Sometimes Pastor Gary led a a tremendous 8 o'clock last week, but it was all just worship on him. I mean, he wasn't really leading. He was just worshiping the Lord and everybody else joined in. That's fine because that keeps our focus on the Lord. We draw near to him. Yesterday, it was very different, but I was leading the students in the sense that we just prayed and virtually everybody was on their faces before God. The power of God, the presence of God comes upon his people when they really seek him when they forget about themselves and focus on him, lose their soul. Ah, I'm not concerned about myself, Lord. I'm concerned about you. And if only we realize that this is the secret of how to walk as Jesus did, we would see that the needs in our lives get met that way because we're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else gets added to it. We're seeking him We're not seeking ourselves. We're not looking at ourselves. We're not analyzing ourselves. If you surrender yourself to the Lord, right, you're in his hands. Leave yourself in his hands. He knows what to do with you. Hallelujah. This is a good message. Because, you see, God wants to liberate us from all that self-concern. What does Jesus say? Don't worry about anything. You look at yourself, you start to worry. You look at Jesus and you see there's nothing to worry about. Because he is so much greater than you are and so much greater than your situation and your circumstances. The devils always oppose to Christians fixing their eyes on Jesus. He will do anything he can to influence Christians to look at themselves or to look at one another and be critical and judgmental of one another. Because the devil is very familiar with the word of God. We know that because when he tempted Jesus, he quoted scripture to him. Bit of a foolish thing to do, but then the devil is pretty foolish, isn't he? To quote the to quote the word of God to the one who wrote the word of God. But you see, he is to have no influence in our lives. We're not we're not going to respond to him saying, Look at yourself. Why should I look at myself? I don't belong to myself. I want to look at the one to whom I belong. Is there weakness in my life? Yes. Is there failure in my life? Yes. Am I walking in perfection? No. Am I made perfect in Christ? Yes. 
So if I know that by his love, through his redeeming power, he has made me righteous, he has made me holy, he has made me perfect, that will do for me. And I know that as I walk with him, God will sort out in my life whatever needs to be sought out. But I'm not, I'm not in some place where I'm saying, you've got to sort this out and this out and this out and this out before I walk with you. See, the devil is a liar. And two of his lies are these. You could never walk as Jesus did. Lie. Because the word of God wouldn't tell you to do this if it was not possible. Another of his lies. You cannot be like Jesus. Lie. Because that's the very thing that God is working out in our lives. Transforming us into his likeness with ever increasing glory. The devil's a liar. And you see, if you look at yourself, you think, I could never be as Jesus. I could never walk as Jesus did. I could never be like him. That's exactly what the devil wants. Just look at yourself, and you will defeat yourself before you even start. Because you won't have the faith to believe that you can walk as I say you can walk, and you can be who I say you can be. Coming across a bit strong this morning? Yes! Because, you see, we've made so much progress. I mean, God has transformed your lives in, what, three weeks? It's been amazing what God has been doing. But we've got to keep advancing. And you keep advancing by keeping your eyes on Jesus, not looking at yourself, analyzing yourself. You'll always find something to repent of, but you won't have advanced in your walk. And this is where, you know, we think, oh, I've had a really good time. I've repented of this, and God has forgiven me. And you haven't got anywhere. You haven't gone anywhere. You haven't moved anywhere. No, the only, the only place, the only way to follow Jesus is to keep your eyes on him. To keep exalting him, to keep praising him. Beloved, the only way that we can move into the greater thing that God has for us is by encountering him, not encountering yourself. So if we're going to walk as Jesus did and therefore to be more like him, what's that going to mean? Well, it means we're going to love others as he has loved us. See, along comes the devil and says, you can never do that. Yes, we can because I have this love that the, the same love that Jesus loved with in me by the Holy Spirit. That's God's word. If I'm going to follow his example and walk as he did, then I'm going to be merciful as my Father in heaven is merciful. I'm going to be merciful always. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to, I'm not going to condemn. I'm not going to be critical of others. I'm going to be merciful. Because I'm walking as Jesus did. If I'm following his example, if I'm walking as he did, then I'm going to become a generous person. I'm going to become a gracious person. I'm going to become a serving person. 
I'm going to give, I'm going to bless, I'm going to see God working through me for the outworking of his will and purpose. I can't do it myself, I just cannot do it myself because Jesus says apart from him I can do nothing. So if apart from him I can do nothing, he's got to do it. He's got to do it in me. All I've got to do is to cooperate with him. Not look at myself, but keep my eyes on him and cooperate with him and do whatever he tells me to do. That's what it's all about. But if I keep my eyes on him and he tells me what to do and I don't do it, then I get stuck. Because I might want him to change his mind or change his will or change what he's saying, but he will never do that. He will never compromise his will for me or for you. His will always remains the same. It always remains constant. So he brings us in line with his will, not by looking at ourselves, but by looking at him, by keeping our focus on him, by following him, by walking with him, by resting in him. See, this is the paradox. The more you rest in him, the more closely you walk with him. Now, you see, Jesus said the same thing in another way when he talked about being yoked with him. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am humble and gentle in heart. You see, it's that humble, gentle servant heart. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And what, what, what does, he, what does he, he promise if you do this? and you will find rest for your soul. You won't be soulish. You won't be analyzing your soul life. You won't be constantly looking at your soul life. You will find rest for your soul because you will be resting in him. Are you there? You will be abiding in him, yoked together with him. And when you're yoked together with him, what does he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he's taking the pressure. We're walking. Oh, we have to walk. We have to do the stuff. We have to do the works of service. But it's him working in us and through us. It's not us doing things for him. It's him working in us and through us for his glory. Did I come to the right meeting this morning? Hello? So this is liberating. What, what God wants to do in all of us is to, he wants, you to, he wants to liberate you from yourself. He wants to liberate you from that self-concern, for that focusing on self, because that is the flesh. That's how people in the world live. But God has delivered us from that and made us Christ-centered people. Following in his steps. You can only follow in his steps, my friends, if you walk as he did. See, that's, another, that's how Peter puts it, that we follow in his steps. John says, walk as Jesus. It's the same thing. But if we're following him, then we're going to do it the way he did it. If Jesus had come concerned about himself, he would never have gone to the cross. There would have been no salvation for anyone. 
If he'd been concerned about himself, he wouldn't have again and again and again just stepped right out in obedience to the Lord in a way that caused constant opposition, confrontation, rejection from all the Jewish leaders and from the worldly authorities. But he wasn't concerned about himself. So if we're going to walk as Jesus did, we won't be concerned about ourselves, what we want. The only thing that really matters to us deep down is that we want to see the will of God outworked in our lives. You see, everything that God has been doing, all these wonderful ways in which he's been blessing you these last three weeks, is for this. And he doesn't want you keep going back over the same ground. He says, no, keep moving ahead with me. Keep your eyes on me. And understand that God desires to meet with you far more than you desire to meet with him. You see, what God knows is that the only way he can impact you with more of his life is by you meeting with him. It's the only way. You will never meet with him through self-analysis, through self-concern. Because he's telling you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. So the first thing that we need to see in all this is that we are able to do this, not in and of ourselves, totally impossible, but we are able to do it because we're in Christ and because he is in us. So we're not going to listen to any of the devil's lies that tell us you can't walk as Jesus did. It's, it's way beyond you. No, liar, devil. You're a liar. In the power of the Spirit, I can walk as Jesus did. As I rest in him, I can walk as he If I don't rest in him, the walk becomes impossible. You see, and resting in him, abiding in him is the very opposite of looking at yourself, analyzing yourself, putting the focus on yourself. It's no use getting on your face on the floor and just bemoaning yourself. The, the only reason for being on your face before, uh, on the floor before the Lord is because you're in awe of the one at whose feet you're worshiping. That is the place of worship. And God is so great, so holy, so worthy, so mighty that even the heavenly host bows before him, casts their crowns before him. We're not groveling in the dust, saying, oh God, what a useless lot we are. He says, I know that, but I can do miracles in people who know they're useless. But if you know you're useless, don't try to make yourself something. Just thank God that you are useless because his power is made perfect in your weakness, in your uselessness. I'm useless, but I have the one within me who is not useless. I'm very ordinary, but I have the one living in me who is extraordinary. 
and who enables me to do extraordinary exploits. I have the one living in me who enables me to love as he loves and to be merciful as he is merciful and, and to reflect more and more of his character and of his glory. The more I focus on him, the more I rest in him, the more that transforming work happens in my life. Not by looking at myself, but by looking at the one who is so glorious. You know, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the Mount of Transfiguration. There they saw him in his glory. That obviously made a great impact on John because he says uh, that, that they had seen the glory. They saw his glory. Oh, they saw his glory and what he did. But John was one of those three that had that amazing privilege of actually seeing Jesus' physical body transformed into his glorious body. Wonderful. That taught John, it taught Peter, because he was also there, and Peter, you know, is another one who says, we must follow in his steps and so on. That taught them, taught them, the secret is Jesus in his glory. Of course, they only knew him, you see, up until that point in his humanity. But after he'd returned to heaven, they were going to relate to him in his glory. But when they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, there were the other nine disciples failing to heal the boy that the Father had brought. And Jesus says to those nine, O faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I put up with you? Why? What were they doing? They were trying to do something in their own strength. The other three had seen the glory of Jesus. And that's the contrast. You try to do what God wants you to do in your own strength and you fail. Of course, along comes Jesus and he heals the boy immediately. But that's the contrast. Meeting with the Lord in his glory and trying to do what he wants you to do in your own strength and failing. Why are the churches of God really so weak and feeble compared to what God intends them to be? Because Christians don't meet sufficiently with him in his glory. Jesus has opened up the way. The scripture invites us, draw near, come near. That's not just come near in prayer. It's come near in your walk. The writer of the Hebrews isn't just talking about a prayer experience or a worship experience. He's talking about drawing near in the, with the whole of your life that you're walking close to Jesus so that he can work in you and through you in the way that he desires. Hallelujah. God will show you whatever you need to see about yourself. When he does, he sets you free from those things. Oh, these last few days, 
God has been burning this message into my heart saying it's so, so important. Because I want my children here to progress. It is for freedom. Christ has set us free. And he wants us walking in that freedom. He wants us living in that freedom. Freedom from self. Those of you who are going through the freedom course, whatever that is to produce, it's to produce freedom from yourself. Otherwise, it's of no effect. You don't let that happen in your life. So just one more thought. We've seen that the branches, they can't prune themselves. The Father's job. <clears throat> but you're also a member of the body of Christ, and He is the head. And you see, it's <clears throat> absolutely vital for us to understand that no part of the body can do anything without the head. If I want to move my arms, something is happening in my head that enables that to happen. I might not understand all the mechanics of it, certainly don't. But I do know it's true that something up there is, is, is actually causing me to be able to lift my arm. That if, if that connection with the head is severed in any way, then I will become paralyzed. So it's the head that governs the body. But the body can't do anything itself apart from him. Whatever it does itself apart from him will be independent. And independence, you see, pulls the body apart instead of enabling the body to be united and to move ahead Now, the devil is a liar. Have we all agreed on that this morning? So for him to suggest you cannot meet with God is a lie. He can't meet with God because he got chucked out of heaven. But you belong to heaven. God has put the kingdom of heaven within you. Hallelujah. He invites you to meet with him. He tells you, he commands you to draw near. He wants you to walk with he wants you to walk in his steps. He wants you to be more like him. I mean, if this is what he wants, we're on a winner. All we have to do is to want what he wants. And say, okay, Lord, I'm here. I devote myself to you and I dedicate myself to your will. Whatever refining needs to happen in your life, God will do along the way because that's what Jesus says. The Father will prune even the fruitful branches to make them more fruitful. So, there was an old song, forget about this stuff. Concentrate on him. There's a good truth there. 
Jesus says, lose yourself. Lose yourself. Lose all that self-concern. Self-concern stands in the way of the purpose. So let's restate. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a serious air about things this morning, isn't there? That's because, you see, what God laid on my heart before this morning, I mean, what he's really said to me is, Colin, you've got to be emphatic about this this morning that this is not a word for people to either accept or reject or to compromise. This is something that is essential to the outworking of my purpose among you in the coming period of time. It's that important. So whatever happens in all the subsequent 8 o'clock this term and beyond, it's going to be focusing on Jesus. He will deal with you. He will deal with each one of us. He deals with me. He'll deal with you. But not because I look at myself. Because I see him. And I see myself in him. Father placed you there. Remember what we saw a couple of weeks ago, that he is the one who oversees the vine, who tends the vine, who prunes the vine. It's not the job of the branches, it's the job of the Father. Hallelujah. Our job is to rest in him. to remain in his love by obeying what he commands us to do, walking as Jesus did, following in his steps, following the example that we would do to others what he has done for us. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you have been so, so merciful to us that we can be merciful to others. Thank you, Lord, that you don't keep focusing upon our weakness. You don't keep, you don't, you, you don't keep dealing with us so that we're groveling and groveling and groveling, but you... You want us to live in the glory of what you have done as those who are forgiven, as those who are made totally acceptable, as those who are made perfect in your sight by the blood of Jesus. You want us walking in the truth, not groveling in the things that you have delivered us from and set us free from by the power of your precious blood. We praise you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
And yet at the same time, Lord, you don't want us groveling, but you want us to remain humble. You want that humble spirit that was in Jesus to be in us. You want that servant heart that was in Jesus to be in us. And oh, Lord, that's what I pray for myself and for all my brothers and sisters here, that, Lord, we would have those humble servant hearts desiring to serve you because if we're going to follow you, we've got to be servants just like you. And you know, Lord, you teach us that the highest place in heaven is reserved for the greatest servants on earth. And Lord, we want a great reward because we've been faithful in our service. We've been faithful, Lord, in loving as you have loved us. That as you have given so much to us, so, Lord, we become that generous, overflowing people that you want us to be. And we praise you, we bless you, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we do belong to you, that our, our lives are in your hands, Lord, that, that we have surrendered ourselves to you. We don't have to keep doing what we've done. We've surrendered ourselves to you. Hallelujah. Now we live in the good of that surrender. We, we live in the good of that submission of our hearts and lives to, to become the people you want us to be, to follow you as true disciples, to be like our master. Thank you, Jesus. We had a wonderful testimony in the, in the Horsham congregation on Sunday about a, a businessman in the, in the congregation who tried to make his business successful, and it was failing. But once consecrated to the Lord, business is expanding and still needs to expand. And you see, you have consecrated your life to Jesus, haven't you? That's what the first week was all about. Hallelujah. You are a consecrated, dedicated child of God. Come on, thank him. But that was in response to his love for you, his call upon your life. Hallelujah. Now you live in that consecration. You live in that dedication. Praise you, Jesus. If you just keep going over the same ground again, you don't advance. But now you say, all right, I have consecrated myself. I have dedicated myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to advance with him. Every day is going to be a day of advance. Every week is going to be a week of advance. Every month is going to be a month of advance. Every year is going to be a year of advance. I'm advancing with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Popapara sandalia leto papapara sandarama. O papapara sandalia leto papapara sandarama sinama. Basta galaria leto papapara sandalia leto papapara sandarama. Basta galaria leto papapara sandalia leto papapakala sinama. Basta galaria leto papapakala sitori sandama. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank him that you are his. Just thank him that you are his. You belong to him. Papapara sandalia leto papapakala sinama. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. 100% you are his. 
He paid the price. He paid the price, 100%. Come on, thank him. Oh, Lord, everything I am, all that I have is yours. And that's freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It is for freedom you have set me free. You've called me to be free, to walk in that freedom, to live in that freedom. Freedom from self. Papa, those of you going through the freedom course, thank the Lord that he's freeing you from yourself. Freeing you from, from things that have hindered you in your walk with him. Hallelujah. Oh, Papa, Papa, but keep your eyes on him because he will show you. He will show you. He will do the freeing work. You can't do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You cannot do it yourself. He is the only one who can do it. It is for freedom. He sets you free. He has set you free. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Come on, this is advanced time. We've got to advance in the purposes of God. We've got to keep moving ahead. Poor Papara, we can't afford to tread water. We can't afford to look back. We just can't afford to do that. Too much is at stake. The lives of multitudes is at stake. Because like Jesus, we're concerned for the lost. He came as a servant, right, to give his life as a ransom for many. We give our lives. We give our lives to Jesus to reach many. Come on, to reach many. You're going to reach many. I said you're going to reach many. Come on, thank him. You're going to impact the lives of many people. You're going to impact the lives of many people with Jesus. Not with yourself, not with your self-analysis, but with Jesus. Because of the way you meet with Jesus. Because of the way Jesus impacts your life. Because of the way Jesus pours out of your life as rivers of living water in the power of his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, papa, papa, come on, you're going to become powerful wherever you go, wherever you go. The power of God, the holiness of God, the presence of God is going to be revealed. Because you're walking as Jesus did. When you walk into a room, the presence of God is going to come into that room. When you talk to people, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon other people because you're walking as Jesus did. People won't be able to hide. People won't be able to hide. The convicting power of God will come upon their lives. Because you're going to walk as Jesus did. You're going to follow in his steps. You're going to become more and more like him. You don't become more like him by looking at yourself, but only by looking at him. So praise him. Come on, praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now he has given you authority over all the works of the enemy. Yes? Hallelujah. So just tell the devil now that he's a liar and that you can walk as Jesus did in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can become more and more like Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You can follow in his steps. And the devil is a liar for suggesting you can't walk as Jesus did. You can't follow in his. He's a liar. Come on. Call him out. Call him out saying, oh, no, I'm not listening to any of those lies. I'm not listening to any, any of the ways in which you want to try to undermine my faith. I am a person of faith. Come on, tell Jesus. I'm a person of faith. I believe, Lord. I believe that through your enabling, I know apart from you I can do nothing. But through your enabling, I'm going to walk as Jesus did. Through your enabling, I'm going to become increasingly like him. By your enabling, I'm going to walk in his steps. By your enabling, I'm going to rest in Christ. I'm going to rest as a branch in the vine. And, and the more I rest in him, the more I trust in him, the more I will be able to walk closely with you and follow in your steps. And I praise your holy name. I bless your holy name. I exalt your holy name. Papapara sandaria leto papapara sandaria lenama. Oh papapara sandaria leto papapara sandama. Oh papaparia leto papakala sitari sandama. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Papapara sandaria leto papapakala sandama. From this morning on, your walk with Jesus is going to be much closer than it was before. Come on, this is what God is doing this morning. He's not just talking to us. He's doing something among us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, beloved, just, just keep your eyes closed. Keep your focus on him. You can only walk with, as Jesus did if that's what you want. It's what he wants. But you need to want it, desire it. Remember what I was teaching some of you about faith? If you don't desire what you pray for, never receive it. So it has to be your desire. Yes, Lord. I want to be more and more like you. I want to walk in your steps. I want to walk as you walk. I want it. I desire it. It's the longing of my heart to please you, to glorify you. By walking as Jesus did. Are you talking to him? Are you telling him that? I can't, I can't do that for you. See, nobody can do that for you. It has to be your heart's desire. It has to be your heart's desire. See, if it isn't the desire of your heart, you won't give yourself to the Lord for such a walk. You may know that it's right and that's what he wants, but you won't do it unless you desire to do it. So we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. God, see the next step of faith is to say I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I'm going to do it not in my own strength but through the enabling of Jesus it's going to happen this is the destiny
보여주는 예수님. You will truly walk with him. You will walk as he did. It's inevitable. If you rest in him, you will walk with him. You can't rest in him without walking. The one follows the other. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Praise your holy name. Papapara sandalia leto papapara sandala. O papapara sadalia leto papapakala sidri sandala. Pastor Galaria leto papapara sandala. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Papapara sandalia leto papapakala sin. He's done such great things for you. Now he's going to do great things through you. Hallelujah. Popapara sandari elena ma sandara basutari santama. Bastakalari eleto papapara sandari eleto papapakalasidama. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Do we have a happy band of followers here? Joyful disciples. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Papapara sandari eleto papapakala sandari eleto papapara sandama. Oh, hallelujah. Just. Remember that scripture that we looked at earlier. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord says some extraordinary things. Anyone who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. You know, Jesus is talking about you. Anyone who receives you and God uses you in a prophetic way will receive a, prophetic, a prophet's reward. Anyone who receives you as one of the righteous children of will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives you even a cup of cold water because you're one of his disciples, he will certainly not lose his reward. That's how highly God values you. 
that he will bless anyone who blesses you. You only have to be what he calls you to be. and You're going to spread blessing all around you. He's not even talking about bringing everybody to faith in Christ there. He's just saying, anybody who does you good, I will bless. And I will give them the same reward. Wow. Ooh, come on. How highly. all those that served Jesus in any way when he was on earth, every one of them will be rewarded. Anyone who serves you, God will reward. Anyone who blesses you, God will reward. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's almost too much, isn't it? It's almost almost overwhelming. God should love us so much that he will bless anyone who blesses us. What a God. What? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you tell the Lord that by his grace you will be merciful as he is merciful? By his grace you will love others as he has loved you. By his grace you will rejoice always. By his grace you will give thanks in all circumstances. By his grace you will pray continually. You'll keep Walking in that trust. Because his power is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness doesn't matter. Don't focus on your weakness. You may be just a jar of clay, but you have the treasure within. Focus on the treasure, not the jar of clay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have the treasure within us. Even this morning, even as we stand in your presence, we have the treasure within us. Praise your heart. Bless your holy name. Wonderful, wonderful Lord. Can we rejoice? Can we just finish this morning rejoicing? 
Oh, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Papapara sandaria leto papapara sandaram. Oh, papapara sandaria leto papapara sandaram asinama. Basta kalaria leto papapara sandaria. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Papapara sandaria leto papapara sandaram. You know, Jesus, just listen to his. I praise you, Father. He prayed this. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. Oh, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses. So come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on, we just, we just got to praise him. Come on, let's really praise him. No, don't, don't, don't. Don't just clap. Come on, open your mouth and praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We glorify your name. We bless your holy name. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 